0: You're on the panel on RNZ National. Uh, lovely to have you here. I just see uh, breaking news just now. Uh, King Charles has approved the cancellation of James Wallace's the cancellation of James Wallace's knighthood. Uh, Mr. Wallace was named in June as the prominent businessman who sexually abused three young men. So, Prime Minister Chris Hipkins says it is totally inappropriate for Mr Wallace to hold the honour. So that news just came to hand right now. King Charles has approved the cancellation of James Wallace's knighthood. Um, in traffic news, uh, State Highway 2 has been reduced to one southbound lane at uh, Nauranga just prior to the merge of State Highway 1. So do pass with care there. Southbound queues are developing in the area. And <laughs> a, quite a big response regarding, uh, many of you want a minister for the South Island. So we may come to that on another Panel, but to this, Labour announced its financial literacy policy at the weekend, saying schools would teach students financial basics if it is elected in October. Both main parties support the idea. Act also, although National says, why hasn't it already happened? Every student leaving high school will have a core knowledge of saving, budgeting, banking and borrowing. Some schools already do it. And should it involve knowing... How to invest in property? With us is Sharon Wilson Davis, chief executive of South Auckland-based Strive Community Trust, based in Mangere. Sharon, Kiara. Kiara, Kiara. Well, Strive Community Trust. I mean, your services do include financial literacy, but this announcement. Do you support it?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. Yes, we fully support it.
0: What will kids get out of it, Sharon? if they uh, if it's adopted in schools?
1: Well I think they, they exactly what it's saying basically they need to know the basics. Uh, the level of um, student that we we deal with that we're finding like out of five or six hundred that we deal with a year be over 95 96 percent wouldn't have any idea about how to manage money. Uh, they're getting into debt, which has, you know, got long-term effects uh, for them. And often they're, they're, they become young parents and it, it just gets worse because it just goes on and on. Um, because the money is, you know, so little at times, they they borrow and they have no idea of uh, where that's going to lead them when they can't repay it. So I think to know the basics is is, you know, is integral many
0: of them. Well Catherine that speaks for itself doesn't it?
2: Yes I wish someone had taught me about the basics of running an overdraft for example (laughs) which I never seem to be able to get out of these days Um, Mm. Sharon what do you think is the most important um, thing for young people to come away with especially you know when they leave school between anywhere anywhere between 16 and 18? I
1: think basically I, I would say debt knowing about uh, knowing about debt because that's what we see the most to be honest the, the level of debt that they get into and then they can't draw themselves out they need to know about the basics of a of a home loan or you know a mortgage and um or interest, interest rates.
2: rates yeah yeah mm, buying a car they and don't stuff like know that
1: the mm. difference between they and they get a loan they they have no idea that there's an interest on top of that many of them and often our um, our students, their families, uh, you know, aren't in a position to help them either. So I think if they've got those basics, I, I wished I had the basics myself uh, when when I left school. I think to, to many of us, you know, we, we just didn't understand, and we learned we had to learn the hard way. I'll say, but I think <laughs> yeah. you know, when money is so little, it's, if you're on if you're on big money, and you could make a mistake and you can recover. But they can't they can't, and it gets worse and worse I mean, a lot of the debt is even to mSD right yeah, itself.
3: yeah. Mm. Gary Moore I'm a bit cynical about this um, I think this is more rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic, really it's um <laughs> the if if they let, let's say they they get taught about compound interest well. F- You know, for a lot of them, of our current school leavers, they'll never own a house because my generation has had free education, um, uh, low-interest loans when we got into our our homes, and we've pulled the ladder up behind us. And Mm -hmm. I think that the government, those that are standing for government, need to be actually saying... What are we going to do to make it a better world for these kids rather than teaching them about? Mm-hmm. I, I agree that they need to learn about finance, and I agree with all the comments that have been made so far. But there's no looking into the real issues, which neither of the big political parties uh, seem to be filling me with hope over. And it's almost like Nero fiddles while Rome burns. And, and I just I do feel, as a grandfather now, worried for the oh. future for my grandchildren because it's a world where there's they are offered the big loans and they're offered and by by oh. adults mm-hmm. and they don't and the hooks aren't given to them and i you know pointed out to them well they say they are but they're not and i just know i okay i think this well, is another distraction
0: what were you to say to that, Sean? Because some have said, "What is the point of teaching financial literacy when you say, come from a place of having hardly anything? It's like giving budgeting tips to those in poverty.
1: Oh look, I think you look, most of our, the, the kids do on go on to get jobs that we're finding, and I've been doing this for 26 years. They go on and they find jobs, and it's really important that when they do step out into that world and earn some money that they do know. You know, how to spend that wisely, not necessarily go straight out and get loans. They need someone, they need mentors to help them, you know, to stay on track with, and it's so important if you're earning less to be able to, you mm. know, to get the most out of it, not just I, go out there and have no no information and about it at all. And why aren't we teaching that at schools?
3: I can remember... Um when I started work earning $17.77 in my hand a week, um, I remember I was the first member of the family to take on debt, other than the house, and we had this big family discussion on whether I should take a stereo out on higher purchase. Right. <laughs>
0: See, that would have been good oh, to learn no. more about. Um, stay there, um, uh, Sharon. This is quite interesting. So do, what, what do you wish that you had learned something, at, so this sort of stuff, at school, Catherine?
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I remember when we used to be, all be encouraged to have an ASB account hmm. because they had cash oh, in, remember? And they used to, everybody hmm. used to get hmm. a little um, bank book. And and I, the
0: yellow cash I, and elephant. And
2: the yellow elephant. Bless. But um, – nowadays not I'm not sure I mean I can't remember my kids and certainly by the way they are with money now although my daughter is quite parsimonious I have to say that they (laughs) um that they do you know they do they don't really seem to know they don't really seem to know how it all connects like how the IRD connects absolutely how afterpay works and whether you should do afterpay which is the new you know or the lay by the new H um you know high purchase thing and I just think maybe it's a a broader knowledge that well, needs that, to be given. Well, that's something that
0: you've really focused on, Sharon.
1: Mm,
2: mm, mm, mm. Look, I've,
1: I've raised two granddaughters. I had a, uh, My eldest daughter was uh, lost her in a car accident, so we took on her two daughters. They were boarding school educated. They're great girls, gone into great women within twelve months. One was $30,000 in debt and had no mm. idea mm. how she got there. And these are good girls. They're smart girls. Mm. You know, They, they, ju- she just had no idea. This easy pay thing or whatever you call it, I don't know, is just, uh, you know, it's just so many hooks out there for them. And if they haven't got the basics, they're just gone. And yep. it's so hard to recover from it. mm
0: and that's the, so issue, that's the issue, isn't it? Yeah, here's one here. I think teaching financial literacy is excellent. I grew up in a family where money was never discussed. In fact, it was considered mm. extremely rude. It took me well yes, into my yes. 40s to even learn the mm. basics. Maybe it's a bit like mm. sex education. In my opinion, yes. school, it should be taught. Sharon? Yes.
1: Yes, I, I, I look, I have to agree. And then there's a certain amount of common sense that comes along with it. But I think if... if um, you know, as the seniors in this generation, if if at least we're taught them the basics, we're giving them some of the tools to help them cope and manoeuvre. There's so many people offering money, pay, get now, pay two years' time. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's so much that's broken. Um, I think in one instance we've seen kids borrow the money, get the TV and the blah, 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 get into trouble, and this is a fact, took it four doors down the road and sold it to a pawn shop who didn't even bother to do the checks to see if the these these things were on h on hp or on high purchase four doors down from where they bought it from it was now in a pawn shop how does that happen
3: adult you know, institutions again
0: Sharon, kia ora, Mm -hmm. always a pleasure to have you on the programme. I appreciate your time. You're welcome. That's Sharon Wilson-Davis, Chief Executive of Strive Community Trust. They uh, teach financial literacy. They're based in Margaret there. Nice to have uh, Sharon on there. It is 17 past four. The panel, we have Catherine Graham and Gary Moore uh, this afternoon. Now, uh, there's been another flash come through. Where can I get that? Yes, uh, senior doctors and dentists have, working on hospitals have voted to strike next month over their deadlocked pay negotiations. So in a notice to members, the Association of Salary Medical Specialists says 82% have voted in support of the three strikes with the first on September the 5th between 12 and 2pm. So will be hearing more about that uh, on Checkpoint uh, at 5. But Spain has lifted the FIFA Women's World Cup for the first time. Captain Olga Carmona scored the winner in the first half as Spain won the cup for the first time, beating England 1-0 And Front of 75,700 fans at Stadium Australia on Sunday. The World Cup has shattered records, exceeded expectations. 700,000 fans flocked to 29 matches in four cities Auckland, Hamilton, Wellington, and Dunedin. So, what will we take away from this event? With us, Maya Jackman, former football fern, World Cup ambassador. Maya, kia ora, welcome.
4: Kia thank you for having
0: me. Were you at the final in Australia, Maya?
4: I was. It was epic.
0: I can only imagine. Tell me, how do you rate this FIFA World Cup? Have you enjoyed it?
1: Oh, um, Absolutely.
4: I've, I've been loving every single minute of it, and I remember watching the 2019 Women's World Cup and thinking, wow, the level of of skill and athleticism, and, you know, it was just something I hadn't seen before. And then again, that's just exceeded my expectations and everybody's. And so, yeah, I've just loved watching um, how women's football has evolved, even in the last four years.
0: Right. Was there a, can I ask you of a favourite moment? I mean, you were at the final there. Was there something that stood out especially? In the final? Anywhere.
4: Anyway, look, it has to be that opening game for Football Friends versus Norway for me. Um, Just, you know, it was such a watershed moment for uh, women's sport, women's football, and, you know, being a a, a trailblazer of the sport and seeing where it's been and seeing now where it is. I mean, I was in tears. I was going absolutely ballistic. My daughter was beside me. She's eight years old, and she's like, what is wrong with my mother? (laughs) <laughs> she's, she's never seen me. She's never seen me like that and that's how much it means and that's how much it meant to so many around me as well.
0: Yeah, Catherine.
2: Oh, Kyota Maya. it's lovely to meet you over the air. Um <laughs> Uh what uh, what do you think um the success of the World Cup mean, will mean for our for the football ferns? Kyota Catherine, um lovely to meet you too. Um yeah,
4: for the football ferns it's well, I think just um, I mean, what needs to happen is we need to keep the momentum going, and we need to keep them visible, and we need to keep them relevant. And by doing that, um, we'll just you know we need to keep people invested and and interested. And so I think that will bring them more international games, more funding. I hope more. Um, more investment
2: more one of the criticisms a... seems to have been that our our women's team has not received the level of support that it should have nor the level of international games that they friendlies that they should have been able to play do you think that some of that money that will come to the game from from FIFA will will help with that
4: oh absolutely and it has to be used for that too I mean if, if you look at there is a gap between um, the football ferns in Spain for example um, the level that they play at the, the, the type of game that they play and we cannot be left behind on this because if we do we will never catch up and so we have to use that money, we have to, have to invest in the girls, we have to give them the opportunity to be up to the level that is top notch otherwise we'll, like I said we'll get left behind
3: mm. Gary I have to confess being a, a non-sporting um, I'm, a, I'm hopeless with sport and, um, but I've, been, I've found it quite exciting how this has captured people's imagination and, and filled stadia in the way that other sports aren't and, and a lot of stadia have been built for rugby and I just wonder if people are sick of boofhead sports like rugby and they <laughs> want to actually see the beautiful game
4: yeah, look, I think I think it's um, this World Cup has um, opened people's eyes to the skill and the the beauty of the game and and the women's game and the men's game of football are two different products. The women's game, although it's football, brings um, uh, an emotional aspect to to the game as well, which people can connect to. I think, but also um, I have heard people saying, "Oh, you just see, you know." Rugby players fall on top of each other, and that's it. Mm. And
3: <laughs> mm. um,
4: whereas you know, football is a lot more um, fluid and beautiful, and um, it shows off so much skill. And um, yeah, so I, th- I think so many people that you wouldn't think have become excited by it because it is entertaining. Um, it can be end to end, and A lot of these games, we couldn't have predicted how it would have gone, and that unpredictability is quite endearing, I think.
0: I'm just wondering, Maya, if we're seeing uh, before our very eyes some sort of uh, social or societal cultural shift uh, for the first time, even with the likes of Gary Moore, you know, sports haters. You're starting to see people (laughs) (laughs) enjoy sports because they realise that it wasn't uh, all about that Oh, let's just say it, all that macho stuff, I guess you could say, it was f- more family focused, it was pretty inclusive, it mm. was fun. You could go out to Eden Park or wherever and have a good, safe, exciting night.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And and it is, we are seeing a societal shift. And, and you know, I was speaking to a, a young Moroccan um, male player yesterday and he said in Morocco because you know the, the Moroccan team have had done so well as well, they made the round of sixteen, that their first time in a World Cup. And he said there were old Moroccan men turning on their TVs watching these women play that never would have happened. And they're getting behind <laughs> they're getting behind females in women's sport and, you know, that that's just this is what this sport can do and if you give the platform, if you let people see and if you let people in, people want to come and watch. And, that, and this, this World Cup, has proved that. No longer can you say that people wouldn't, don't want to watch women's sport because if you give it to them, people get excited and they want to see.
2: Um, Maya, what did you think of the um, of the final itself? Because it displayed two different, really different s- styles of play between the UK and Spain.
4: Yeah, look, it was. Um, Spain are a next level aren't they and they, they 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 worked England out they knew what England wanted to do and they nullified that and their 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 footballing intelligence is is really um sort of next level they they've now got the under seventeens the under twenties and now the senior world cup so that tells you that there's a depth mm. in their infrastructure of the girls coming through and and what um pro you know what the um what the programs are in place in that country and what level of football they're bringing, and then you've got England who have been on this wave of um, you know this next generation now they won the European champions uh, championship so I think a lot of people went in thinking England would bring it home <laughs> um, and Spain came and spoiled their party and it's like I said before you can't predict in this World Cup what was going to happen but definitely two different styles but Spain just bring that level of Beauty to the next level. I think.
0: Well, it's almost it not almost. It's actually quite sad that we uh, are wrapping it up. Um, but we'll make sure that we'll keep covering um, uh, women's football here on the panel. But for now, Maya Kia ora, good to have you here on the program. Thank you so much. Maya Jackman, former football fern and World Cup ambassador, was at the game uh, in Sydney. Twenty-six past four. The panel are in Z National. Happy Monday. We have Catherine Graham and Gary Moore this afternoon. And to this, who makes the rock and world go round? Yep, well, according to Queen, it's Fat Bottomed Girls. The song has been dropped from a Queen's Greatest Hits aimed at a younger market. We Will Rock You, that's there. Bohemian Rhapsody, that's there, but they will not feature this song here. Um, some would say, What would a Queen's Greatest Hits be without Fat Bottomed Girls? Let's go around the panel of their thoughts on this. Was well, never my favourite song in particular. Uh, Catherine, but do you support it being dropped?
2: I think it's a great shame I think it's a celebration of all things Kim Kardashian and the, the celebration yes. of the big butt and voluptuous <laughs> woman and I'm I'm very disappointed actually. I think there's far more offensive tracks that you can uh, that you could have cut maybe not from Queen but from when I looked up the top 11 most offensive lyrics Queen. Fat bottom girls certainly wasn't there. amongst them. No it wasn't, Wallace. <laughs> we have some oh shall I name some?
0: So no I want to say <laughs> so you 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 say you, you read this song as a celebration of the big butt.
2: Well partly. Uh, that's a modern interpretation of it and of, of a voluptuous woman worldwide. And that just because you're big doesn't mean to say you can't have a good time.
3: Gary Moore. Well, I wouldn't have thought Big Bottom Women would have done a lot for Freddie Mercury, but um, I, I agree with Catherine. I, I just think this is an attempt to rewrite history. You know, come on. Many of the songs of this era would have to be rewritten if we're applying this. I, I just love, I loved Queen, and I just thought this was just yet another of their um, amazing. Their amazing music. Um, I often didn't listen to the words. I, mm-hmm. they, you know, they were a highly intelligent group of people that just made modern but classical is, is music. It, is
0: it of its time? I mean, We Will Rock yes. You, great. Bohemian Rhapsody, great. But Big Bottomed Girls, is it big or fat bottom? Fat Bottomed Girls, it says nothing. The song nah. says nothing. And here you, you have a Queen compilation aimed at a younger market is it? Are you okay for your six, seven, eight-year-old Catherine to be hearing a song about fat bottom
3: girls?
2: Yeah, I think it's about diversity. Mm. I actually think it's really sad that they're going to drop it. I think the, I, as I said, I think there's far worse lyrics out there.
3: I think you're buying into shame culture. <laughs> I just, I, 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 have no time for that sort of stuff. Well, um, let's Wallace. see
0: what. Um, uh, no, it's just woke woke culture trying to control the narrative. This is a clack, you, you, people agree with you. Um, <laughs> this is a classic Queen song. Loved and sung often. Yeah. It's a bypass to critical thinking and cancel culture. Another one here, know. the Woke Brigade at it again. Fat bottom girls should not be banned. The Woke Brigade's pathetic input into our modern society <laughs> should be uh, banned. So your thoughts on that? Do you think that um, the y- youngsters have a right to be shielded from songs that were, we deemed appropriate? But actually, Catherine, society changes, times change.
2: Yeah, I I think absolutely. Society does change, and I guess musical taste changes. Although there are some songs that seem to be, you know, forever um, top, you know, top hits. So. I don't know, but I just—I just, I just find—I think there's a, as I've said, I just think there's a lot worse than "Fat Bottom Girls" out there.
0: Yeah, well, you agree. Uh, banning "Fat Bottom Girls" is pathetic. It's a great song. People need to calm the f down. Um, you are
2: on. Uh, keep
3: that. <laughs> and I didn't send coming. any of them, Wallace. No. I didn't send
0: Two one zero one. Do you think that a fat bottomed girl should be banned from the next Queen compilation aimed at a younger market?